Hello, everyone. Welcome to C-Suite Talks. We speak with industry leaders, introducing you to some of the most interesting people and businesses today. Welcome to C-Suite Talks. I'm Diane Gubin, co-CEO of C-Suite, along with Beth. Hi, I'm Beth Bilbing, co-CEO of C-Suite. And this week, we're talking to Grace Fredson, a leader in the book publishing world. Grace represents authors as a literary agent and works with the publishers to shape their offerings. Welcome, Grace. Good morning. And just a little uh, editorial comment. It's Grace Friedson with two E's, F-R-E-E-D-S-O-N. Okay, thank you. So, Grace, tell us just a little bit about yourself. And the company, and your company, and the work you're doing. Yeah. Okay, my company as it exists today is Grace Friedson's Publishing Network. And I have been made book publishing my entire career, having started when I was very, very, very young. And at that time, working in publicity, which is the most fun for a young person in publishing. I was the one who planned all the parties. I was the one who got everybody on the Today Show, the Tonight Show, New York Times. So it was a a fun thing. And and over the years, I transitioned um, to different in-house positions. I transitioned from publicity into editorial. And then um, it was my gift to myself for the year 2000 to go out and launch a company on my own, Grace Friedson's Publishing Network, and I continue with that today. Terrific, terrific. That that was, um, uh, I know, having been an entrepreneur too, it's a big move when you get out on your own. Big, exciting move, and it's been a good gift for me. And you've got challenges in publishing these days, right? So what are some of the things and changes in the industry that you're seeing? Well, as a, an agent, and I wear several hats actually for my company, but as an agent per se, I work in adult nonfiction. And the challenge, and I'm assuming that you're referring to the two-year pandemic that we've been um, immersed in, has been the fact that most people are working remotely. That means most people on the other side of the desk that I need to contact, which are acquisition people, acquisition editors, um, in my opinion, they've had fewer meetings as a result of working remotely and fewer people at their desk. So it's harder to get callbacks, email backs. So publishing could work at a snail's pace and the snail's gotten slower over time. So just getting answers has been one of the challenging things. Um, in terms of people writing new books and interesting books, there's always a wealth of information from people. Fabulous, fabulous. So. Um, you know, with the changes you've observed in book publishing and business environment in the past two years, what has stood out for you that people, your clients have had to deal with? Well, many of my clients, I work with a great many academics who have really interesting pedigrees, you know, they're a PhD in neuroscience or they're a math professor. And these folks do not, um, invest their time or energy into having a social media platform. They're really not interested in Facebook or Instagram or TikTok. And that's a a very big impediment for them to get publishing contracts because more and more publishers are eager for the author themselves to have their marketing platform in place. They need to have branding. They need to have their own personal following. And, you know, a person who's worked their career in academia is not going to have that. Or, you know, I have a forensic psychologist who specializes in courtroom cases where he gives the forensic details. He went out and, and, and hired a publicist and hired somebody to do some Facebook. But 
that's not his strong suit, but he does write an interesting book and has interesting stories to tell. So it's really, it's an unfortunate reality. Oh yeah, gosh. I'm afraid of the, the security aspects of it. I know a lot of engineers. I know one engineer that still uses a checkbook all the time. <laughs> I, use, I use a checkbook, but not I all the time. I use a checkbook also. <laughs> oh, okay. So we're all automatic. Everything. I'm QuickBooks, but sometimes you write a check. <laughs> I write it for my business. It's all QuickBooks, but personally, I write those checks. I, just bought, I ordered some new ones today. <laughs> So, so what I'm hearing, Grace, and by the way, for full disclosure, Grace is our uh, our agent, our book agent, as Beth and I are putting mm-hmm. a book together. So I heard you with the social media platform, but for us, it's really C-suite is our platform. So do you think that there's a, do we have to have individual platforms? Tell us now so that we're prepared. <laughs> or is the C-suite platform okay for us? Yeah. It's interesting because when I go through the details of, pre- of preparing a, a proposal that I will submit to a book publisher, I used to start with um, having them do a book overview or market analysis and send me two sample chapters. But now I tell them point blank, you have to show me how many Facebook followers you have. You have to, because they can, quantitate, uh, they can quantify everything at the pu- publishing end. And I also say you have one chance to get your proposal in front of somebody. And if you don't take advantage of it and have everything in place, that opportunity goes away. So, um, you know, I guess C-Suite could have their own set of followers as a, as a um, venture, but they also look at what you're doing to brand yourselves. Okay, gotcha. Oh gosh, so Beth, that, we got to do. That's what I tell too. people before I even read the proposal. I tell them that's what the the acquisitions person at Simon and Schuster or Penguin. That's what they're going to look at first. Hmm. Okay. Do LinkedIn great. followers count? Actually, I'm staying on this for one more moment. Do does LinkedIn count? <laughs> LinkedIn counts also, but LinkedIn's getting old school already. Oh, got it. <laughs> I like most of our demographic. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah. let's let's come back to you, Grace. So you are so passionate about this. So what is it that drives you for this? You know, besides the to go to great parties since you, you well, now I don't even have any great parties anymore to tell you about, unfortunately. But what drives me really is I meet interesting people every day of the week, and I learn something new from these interesting people every day of the week. Um, so I guess because I have this tremendous curiosity, and I would I'll read anything that's in front of me. Um, I like to hear other people's stories. I like to hear their experience. I like to hear what drives them. Um, let's say yesterday I spoke to one woman who's become very philanthropic and, and sadly as a result of, uh, of losing a child to cancer. I spoke to um, my neuroscientist who has to revise his neuroscience for dummies. Um, you know, so every day I'm learning and challenging and, you know, I always say if I retired, I would want to go back to school, but if I keep working, I don't have to go to school. There you go. Right. You keep reading all these great books. <laughs> Can you tell us kind of in our audience, what led you to book publishing and, and how did you become a literary agent and what was that journey like? Well, um, I was led by just, a you know, a chance encounter when I, I graduated as a political science major from college and, um, when I moved to New York, I was just looking for a job. And when I interviewed for my first job, I really didn't know exactly what I was getting myself into. But the woman who interviewed me and I just clicked. We got along great. She told me about the job. She told me I would have to start at the bottom. 
and um, we just clicked and it just became really interesting. And an interesting sidebar was that we were doing publicity. We did the author tours and sometimes the publicists went on, on the tours with the authors at that point in time. So my boss went on the tour with one of the authors, fell in love with him. He was a Brit. She moved to the UK with him, never came back to the office. So in a short time, I advanced very quickly because she wasn't. <laughs> That's hysterical. <laughs> I love That's it. Wonderful. That's I, wonderful. So that, you know, so I, I got in, I started in publicity. Then um, I actually did a, a, a remote position that I created for myself when my daughter was young. And I won't tell you how long ago it was, but it was at a point in time that people did not work remotely or telecommute. Those, even freelance was a new word. And I did a business plan for the publisher I was working for, and I proved to them how I could work from my home for them. And I did that for six years. And actually, they went out of business before I left them. And... Um, you know, the point of the story actually is that if you create a business plan and show a company your self-worth and how you can make your your business plan work advantageously for them, you can open a lot of doors for yourself. And it's up to you to, to prove that you can make it work. That's a great career tip. Yeah. And you know, for our kids, we certainly zig and zag and make all sorts of stuff happen. Yeah. No. So I, I really, I created something that didn't exist at that time. As a matter of fact, my daughter was very little, and because it was such a unique position, my first author who heard my daughter screaming at the other end of the phone was, like, shocked and upset about it. Whereas if it happened today, you would say, oh, you know, go diaper your kid and come back to the phone, no problem. Yeah, or go hush your dog, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Well, what kind of dog do you have? I don't care that it's barking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, I'm glad that's kind of you were trailblazing for, for other careers that, yeah. you know, career women. For, so for sure, for sure. I consider myself a group of many of women who trailblazed at that point in time. I really, you know, I share a lot of stories from women who were at Newsweek who could not get the title of reporter, only researcher because they weren't given reporter titles or you know, it was a, a very trailblazing time for many people. For yeah. sure. So thank you for that. So so coming back to like, what kind of books are, are you or are book agents looking for now? Well, as I said, I can only speak to myself. I've only uh -huh. worked in nonfiction. And um, so I don't know about the fiction market. I can't right. speak to that. Nonfiction, um, I handle diet. I handle business, fitness. I have the good fortune of pursuing the type of books... I'm interested in so that I probably wouldn't do a lot of books on science. Science fiction doesn't interest me, but, but science does interest me. Right. Um, so I sort of pick and choose the, the topics that interest me. Yeah. At one point you said to me that business self-help is it. <laughs> business self-help is still very viable, still very good. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's good. That's good. How, um, do you have the odds of being successful, like having your book chosen and all that? Do you know what the odds of all that are? Oh, that's a scary question. Beth. It is a scary question. And I, <laughs> you know, I, I don't want to, I couldn't venture a hazard a guess okay. for it. I really couldn't. Yeah. Okay. That sounds great. 
So um, how do you decide what's the best topic for your book? How do you go about this? You know, why me? Why this book? How do you decide the best topic? My, my guidance to authors is take a look at your credentials and write the book that your credentials support. So I have, uh, you know, I, I'm trying to think of a really a pertinent one, um, but I have a computer scientist who also is a home cook and chef and caters, but, but they don't have the platform. They don't have the hook for being a cookbook author. Oh, okay. So I kind of discourage them for going into that direction because if you're a computer scientist wanting to write a cookbook, you're up against Rachel Ray or Martha Stewart or somebody Tina who has the credentials. Yeah. So I say to you, write the, the book that your credentials support. Right. So Beth, is, Beth, her book is going to be Cats in the Kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> that would probably sound. <laughs> Probably would. I know it would. <laughs> Put my chunky cat in there. Everybody would like it. <laughs> you, you, can, you can have this. So, yeah. you know, and, and again, that the, the gazillion dollar question here is, you know, everybody wants a book agent, Grace, you know, mm-hmm. and I know how we got to you is, is, you know, I know how we got to you, uh-huh. but how do most people find a book agent? Well, I mean, there are directories that have book agents in there and you just really have to do your due diligence to really study what the agent says is their expertise. Like if somebody were to come to me and say, I'm writing a novel, I would wonder where they got the idea that I'm the right person to approach. Um, For myself personally, at this point, I go only by referrals. I don't have a website to get it. I start when I started, I had a website and I got so many people who I had to reject because I, it didn't interest me. I didn't have time or whatever. So I really, um, and some of the referrals are really far flung, like in odd ways I come together with people, but they, I do it by referrals for myself. I will give a tip to authors though. Let's say you're writing a book about the chunky cat in the kitchen, right? (laughs) I would say to um, a potential author, I know this is also old school, go to a bookstore and look at the, let's say the cookbook shelf for a humorous cookbook, let's say, and look inside that cookbook at the acknowledgements. Oftentimes, the author will acknowledge my terrific agent who helped me get this contract. So you're seeing in front of you a humorous book cookbook and a writer saying, I couldn't have done it without this agent. So sometimes that's a good lead. Right. Cause for sure, as an agent, you're the one that opens the door. Yeah. 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 So, so how do you maintain your publishing contacts? Well, that too. And, and and I have found that a a little bit more challenging because pre-pandemic, I belong to all kinds of networking organizations that I would go to monthly meetings and, and, you know, the the name of my company is Publishing Network and, and it was chosen because I always considered myself a consummate networker and love to network and meet new people. But, um, you know, I, I go through the trade, trade journals, I monitor who's publishing what, who is representing what. So I look at who the contacts are, um, there's a lot of musical people in the book publishing industry. So a contact that I might've had at publisher A has moved to publisher B and I will send them a note saying, oh, 
oh, congratulations on moving to Publisher B. What kind of stuff are you doing now? So, um, you know, you, you have to stay tuned to who's moving and who's going where. It's a big sales job. Yeah. Are you starting to get back in person? Are you starting? Are they starting to do those events again? No. Well, actually, uh, one of the organizations that that used to have um, lunches at the Twenty One Club, and, and then we had lunches at different restaurants, now has moved into happy hours. Oh. And a, um, I'm not in Manhattan. I don't live in Manhattan, so I'm, I I don't invest myself into going into the city for a happy hour. It's just it's so, a big hike. Yeah. Yeah. So we I just um it's different networking and it's sad. It's I do miss it. Yeah. It I I'm hoping just take some time and it'll come back. But yeah. Um yeah. Can you and tell us about the book proposal, what goes into a book proposal and how important is it? Right, exactly. So I especially since we know you needed to get to the next step, which is does someone, if they wanted to find you, Grace, do they need to send you a book proposal? Oftentimes, they'll just send me a query letter. Like, you know, dear Grace, I'm working on a book about cats in the kitchen, and um, I expect it to have 10 chapters, and each chapter will be a different meal or whatever. And then they send me a proposal, or I will give them the details. And as I said, you have one chance, I have one chance to represent your proposal to a book publisher. So I will go back and forth with you until it's right. And you need to have an overview of the book. You know, what is this book about? Then you need to have a market analysis. And and the overview can be one page, market analysis, who is the audience for your book? And I often tell people, um, let's say it's about job searching for women. You know, somebody will come to me and they'll say it's a job search book for women who are just entering and women who are experienced. And I will tell them no, because the job market is different depending on where you are in the job market. So sometimes if you make your your concept narrower, you're actually reaching a bigger audience because you're very specific to those people who need it. So your, your market analysis is one pager. Then you need the uh, table of contents. And that can be annotated, you know, a little, you know, two sentences, what's in each chapter. Then I would need two sample chapters. And I tell authors, you know, be ready with more chapters because a publisher who's really interested wants to see more chapters. Okay. And... Um, then you need to do, um, I'm going to leave the social media for the end, by the way. You need to do a competitive analysis. And, you know, oftentimes writers don't take this as seriously as I recommend. Because if Simon Schuster sees there's a book similar to what you have, you have in mind, they're going to be, like published by Penguin, they're going to be jealous and want to have one too. So... You have to do a competitive analysis, five titles published within the past five years, and they want to see that there's competition published by really good publishers. They don't want to see self-published out there. They don't want to see, you know, they want to see top-tier publishers. So if you're doing a book on careers for women, um, you know, list five, and you have to include the title, the author, publisher, year of publication, and one or two sentences as to how your book compares and is better. 
And then finally, your credentials, your resume, you know, why, why you, why this book, what gives you the authority to write this book. And nowadays, what your social media platform is, what speaking appearances you have, what webinars, podcasts, what, um, so, you know, all your social media followers, because you're essentially branding yourself. And let's say you have a speaking appearance every month and you have 100 people in front of you, well, that could be potentially 100 books sold. Gotcha. I gotcha. Right, what right. about these people that self-publish on Amazon? Um, there's a lot of them. Well, you know, in years past, I might have, like, poo-pooed it, but more and more people are doing it. They want control of it. I find that people who do it are often those people who do speak once a month to an audience so they want their book quickly, which they can get because book publishing moves slowly. And I'll go back to that in a minute. So you, you, if you're you know, speaking in front of 200 people this September and you can run off your book right away, you'll have books to sell right away. Um, the, the, the reality is if you have a traditional book publisher, they'll take care of all the distribution, getting it in the bookstores, getting it on Amazon. So that headache is not yours anymore. Yeah. So it's, it's the distribution that really makes it um, critical. That's interesting. I, I really appreciate that because we do have in our world with C-suite, um, we have a lot of authors um, yeah. and we have had a lot of speakers that then have books and some of them published through Amazon. So that was great insight yeah. to hear yeah. that. Yeah. No, as, as I said, I, in the past, I never would have suggested it, but I, I see it. If you, ha if you know you have a ready market for it and you want it quickly, but you have to be really careful about editing, about packaging, you know, you want to have a nice package. Right, right. right. And it's also the pay-to-play model, too, yeah. often. So, yeah. Diane, you want to wrap up with the last question? Yeah. So, Grace, I want to know what are what are two or three pieces of pieces of advice that you haven't mentioned yet, or anything that that you'd like to share with our audience? Um, one is to be really receptive and responsive. Um, you know, to suggestions given to you by a publishing, an experienced publishing um, professional who knows the market, and. Um, you know, if I suggest that you have to pay attention to the competition, I say it because if you don't do it right and I submit it because you're too lazy or not vested in, and there are lazy people out there. Yeah, there are. There are. <laughs> so if you're not doing it, I can tell you your, your, you know, success ratio plummets and it's not that high to begin with. The other thing that I've observed, one of the things, because in the office environment today, not everybody's there every day. I'm finding the need for more mentoring of young professionals moving up. You know, I, I had people to learn from. Mm -hmm. I had meetings that I had to be bored through, but I learned at those meetings. I learned to express my opinion. I learned to share opposing opinion and listen to somebody else's viewpoint. And um, I, I would wish people come back to the office to learn from one another and share ideas. And, you know, that's what I would recommend. Oh, that's fabulous. Thank you, that's Grace. That's awesome. amazing. Um, so thank you for being with us today. We truly enjoy it. And your company, again, is Grace Friedson 
Publishing Network. Publishing Network. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you to our sponsors, Google, RSM, and accounting firm, Medved, which is a law firm that sponsored us from the beginning, Interpublic Group, a global advertising and marketing company, and Amplified Professional Services, that's Diane's firm, Executive Search and IT Consulting. Thank you for listening. And hit the subscribe button on Apple, Spotify, and everywhere else you find your podcast. Leave us a review. <laughs> Follow us on social media, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram, because we've got to get our followers up, you know, as, as Grace said. So please I'm help looking, support us. I'm looking for your proposal. Great. Oh, it's on its way, but it'll be like mm, probably mid-September. We love hearing from you, so send us an email. Actually, send it to Beth, beth at csuite.org, and check out our website, csuite.org, and that's it for today. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you, Grace. Thank you to our listeners. All righty. Bye-bye.